In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Hey everyone, Bonkers Romance is still on hiatus, but we're popping in with a Bonkers bonus. Each month, Temple members get exclusive interviews with the authors featured in our book club. We decided though, that our chat with Alexis Hall was just too good to keep to ourselves. So to celebrate the new year, we're releasing it for everyone. We've been hard at work in the Bonkers Lab, and I'm really excited about all the fresh content we're going to bring you when we're back. But until then, please enjoy our deliciously meandering discussion with Alexis Hall. Oh, right, hang on. <laughs> we got to get consent. Literally. I get really that kind of thing genuinely triggers my anxiety like whenever a window pops up no i hear you i'm like ah <laughs> i'm glad i warned you then <laughs> otherwise i would have i would have bailed i just think so. um, this is the person that bothers to open up the window when it says do you accept cookies i am the person that opens up the window and turns everything off oh nice <laughs> nice you go rolling off the couch no yeah. <laughs> i think i've done that twice where it was like you go in and tell it not and and then yeah. i was like i don't i don't care enough to do this every time I go to a website. That's how they get you. I come from a very that's how they get you culture. And so the more I feel that's how they get me, the more determined I am not to be got. <laughs> I like it. I like You're the it. last holdout. That's right. You're like, never. I like it. <laughs> so we are joined by Alexis Hall, if you have not figured that out yet. Uh-huh. And I'm like embarrassingly nervous slash excited to be talking to you. And yeah. I think I explained to your publicist that I've done like 200 author interviews in, the, in recent years. And the other people who've made me feel like this are like J.R. Ward and Cressley Cole. And mm-hmm. yeah, so pretty excited. That's very sweet of you. 
We're very excited. Uh, I, again, my Anderson going, oh God, now I have to be very exciting. Um, no. <laughs> no. 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 This is not pressure. You do not have to walk in like Jarrah Ward, like dripping diamonds with sunglasses on, even though we're indoors. And what an icon. <laughs> scare the shit out of me. Oh my God. So I thought we would start with a question that has plagued me, which is, where does your Twitter handle come from? Okay, the Athanasian Creed, which I appreciate does not really help. Um, so... Yeah, going to have to explain it. The Athanasian Creed begins with the words... I went to a state school, so I didn't actually... My Latin's actually really ropey. Um, but it begins <laughs> with um, quicumque volt salvus essay, sometimes written as quicumque volt salvus essay, but I spell it with an N, um, which means, like, uh, whoever would be saved something, something. And it often gets shortened to quicumque volt, which means whoever wants to. And then in the 17th or 18th century, that became a posh slang term for prostitute. Yeah! Yes. Um, yeah. So um, oh, roads lead back to sex work. <laughs> and because I didn't particularly want my Twitter handle to be just like Alexis Hall author or the real Alexis Hall or I'm not that Alexis Hall, the other Alexis Hall. Um, I decided that I wanted I wanted something from most of a unifying social media branding thing that meant something that meant something. Uh, I like to think of it as meaning something kind of open and accepting and, uh, yeah. and welcoming um, rather than literally being a prostitute. I I am not as anything particularly wrong with literally being a prostitute. I happen not to be one. It's a different job where I am. It's just slightly easier to do on your own in a dark room. Um, right. I, I also like that because it's got this deliberately annoying origin story that it hits, I think, the right note of, um, what's the word, self-deprecating yet pretentious, I think, which is... Um, <laughs> Hashtag on brand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's a bitch to spell. Like, yeah. I think anytime I've tried to find you, I just, I think I start typing, like, Q and then throw some letters in there, yeah. and then it um, usually... <laughs> If you just go Alexis Hall, I think now... Don't be sensible. Yes! Big enough that I actually don't. tend to be one no. of the first no. well, two. I, I think there's an actress called Alexis Hall who was in... I want to say Hollyoaks, but I could be wrong. Actually, yeah. Do you know that when you search for you on Google, the official result that comes up has a picture of a random woman? Random white um, woman. Just like... I, yeah. To be fair, I am white, just to super terrifying. No, 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 yeah. but, but I just want to be specific. And she's like, doesn't she have like a like a, a blonde bob or something? Yeah, like she's yeah. Very... And it's not just the first image that, that ah. comes up. It's like the official Google card oh, interesting. to like identify um, you. Honestly, I, to some extent, I'm fine with that. I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, 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 I like keeping my, my, my face out of things. Um, oh, yeah. Although there are, there are some fabulous ones if you like the official Google cards. Like if you Google for the Cathars, the heresy from the 13th century. Mm-hmm. Um, the little picture that comes up is a picture of the alien cat people from Star Wars. That's lovely. Classic. Isn't it? I love stuff that like that. That is incredibly internet. charming. <laughs> it's me in all the spots. Difficult. Yeah. Uh, difficult because obviously they're associated with quite a major like, mass murder event. But, <laughs> but no, it's, 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 it's it makes it all the more charming. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody else has known this forever, but someone recently showed me that if you type in Google directions to Mordor, it just comes up and tells you, you one does not simply walk into Mordor. Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that. What are the ones I know? I know that if you 
Google do a barrel roll, it does a barrel roll. If you Google Zerg rush, then Google logo splits apart and it all rushes your screen like little Zerglings. I don't think the French military victories thing is real. I think that's the fake website that was done with SEO. And the other one is, oh, and if you Google once in a blue moon, it actually gives you the frequency. Huh. What? Blue, blue moons are a real thing that happen regularly. Which yeah, means, yeah, 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 yeah. Which means once in a blue moon is an actual frequency that can be expressed in hertz. And so if you Google Incredible. once in a blue moon, you get that frequency in hertz. It's a really small number of hertz for obvious reasons. Incredible. And then wow. you become the person who starts using that instead of saying once in a blue moon yeah. and forcing people to ask what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> it's your party trick. <laughs> this is why people invite me to parties. Yeah, exactly. Very specialized uh, tricks. She can tie people up and also knows the hurts of a blue moon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is that time of year. There's this short video of me at a, a mom's convention tying up the male model that they brought in to be Santa and have everybody come sit on his lap. And it wasn't even like a BDSM thing. It was just like, I don't even know how it happened. But yeah, I'm and I'm pregnant in it. I'm somehow like the friend that you take and I'm just like doing it going like, how, how have we gotten here? How did this, I don't because understand. Because the universe gives, Jenny. The universe gives, and we deserve nice things. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Speaking of nice things, yeah. Alexis has given us a nice thing to start mm -hmm. our year off with, and it is called Something Fabulous. Good segue. Very nice. It is fabulous. I cannot hear the word segue now without cringing and embarrassment that mm -hmm. I, I narrate audiobooks sometimes, Alexis, and oh. came across the word segue spelled out and pronounced it seg in a book. And they they had to correct me. And now every time I hear it, I'm just like, I'll be honest, there are so many because I... I'm a terrible recluse. So there are so many things that I've only ever seen written down. So um, yeah. like, it took me years to realize that the stuff that grows on rocks is called lichen, not lichen. I, I pronounced it Sieg for quite a long time. I think weirdly... It this makes the, me feel so much better. Yeah. No, I, th I think actually it was the, the electric scooter thing that told me that it's spelled differently. Yep. Yeah. When people actually started talking about those, my, one of my college roommates, he'd been saying misled in her head the whole, all her life, except instead of misled. Misled. <laughs> <laughs> that was a beat in, in, in a British sitcom. It was really? in the likey lads. They have a conversation about, yeah, yeah, mishap and mizzled. <laughs> mishap. Mishap oh. is great. Oh, yeah. that's great. I'm Oh, <laughs> language. Yeah, language, um, language. So I jumped into something fabulous, having no idea what I was getting. I just was like, Alexis Hall, trust it. Let's do the thing. But you uniquely as an author, you can jump in and not really know exactly what you're going. I know that I'm going to get your voice, like your distinctive writing voice, but how that's going to pan out is a mystery. And man, it is, it's a historical and it is just this delightful fucking romp of a historical that is unlike anything else I think I've read. And it brought me so much joy. 
Like, that was very much the intent. Obviously, not, not, not bringing you, Joy, specifically. That would be weird. Yeah, but, uh, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> it would not be weird for her. <laughs> but the, the intent was very much for it to be a joyful book. It came out of, um, like, 2020, and I was sitting there on lockdown just kind of going, I just want to do something happy. I just want to write something silly and joyful. So what we got. It's um, the single best description of it, I've heard, is a glorious shitpost of a book, which is... Um, <laughs> Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it it is so just like light and did it feel that way writing it? Because it feels like you're just having fun with the language and the tropes and the the banter between them. I try to have fun with everything I write, but that was particularly fun because yeah, because it was so intentionally fuck this year. I'm going to write something I enjoy, and so, yeah, yeah. It, it's a difficult one because I, I don't like talking about my process because I find writers talking about writing really annoying. But yeah, no, it was it was genuinely a joyful experience. Just to go sitting there, kind of going, I'm going to have a joke about this. I'm going to have I'm going to have someone chased by bees. I'm going to have um, an authentic shit charade from the early 19th century. Um, <sighs> I'm just going to have everything in it that I occasionally get told by somebody you're not supposed to be in historicals. Uh, I'm going to have people swear. The bees. I oh. love it. Yeah. I love and, it. Okay, so the premise, basically we open the book and he is proposing not very romantically. <laughs> it doesn't go well. You know what? He's dotting the I's and he is crossing those T's. <laughs> but anything else, it's not there. He's a slight he lives in. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah. his job. He is down on one knee. He is sure. saying like I said, the correct dotting things. Crossing like, T's. He's yeah, doing it. it <laughs> and it, it does not go well. She is not impressed. So he goes to drink it off and is awakened in the middle of the night by <laughs> the woman he's just proposed to's twin brother who says that she has fled. He is being very dramatic about, to be fair, a pretty dramatic situation. But, you know, she's possibly going to have to walk the plank. There may be pirates involved. Like yeah. he's... Pirates of vampires, I think, is <laughs> You never know. Never know. <laughs> Anything no, is possible. Um, and so I'm so bad with names, and I particularly struggle in historicals where we switch names. No. So am I, don't worry. <laughs> we have Valentine and... Bonnie? Yes. Okay. So Valentine is like, you're getting your feelings everywhere. Yeah, you're like, so messy. Get it together. Yeah. Why, why is this man having feelings at me? <laughs> I just woke up. Like, this is a lot. <laughs> And of course, on the other side, he's like, where are you? Like, why are you being so heartless about this? How could you not have any romance in your proposal? No wonder she said no to you. And just that combination of like, where are your feelings and get your feelings off of me yeah. is so fun to watch play out. And so, of course, they go on a road trip. Oh, my yes. God. And a Regency road trip. And it's uh -huh. Yeah, and they, they run away from bees and they meet lesbians and they play party games. Not technically, Valentine does the party games because he's tied to a chair. Uh, and there is a duel. <laughs> there has to be. There has to be. It's in the contract. Yeah, it is indeed in the contract. Yeah. It's just a fucking happy book. Like, if you need to go to a happy place, this is a happy book. And I, and I particularly love that you chose the road trip trope just because it is the exact antithesis to quarantine like it, it makes me so happy <laughs> i admit that might not have been conscious but that's a very fair point 
<laughs> just claim it. Just claim it. Claim yeah. it. You're so yeah. smart. Yeah. <laughs> we go a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, it's temple update time. This month, we're back on our bullshit with Katie regaling us with more fertile in my ex-boyfriend's dungeon. And I can neither confirm nor deny that we discover an actual hard limit for Katie. Hannah Witten is also going to stop by to give us all of her best spooky season wrecks. In book club news, everyone in the Joybringer tier and Celebrant tier can download their ebook copies of My Wicked Prince by Molly O'Keefe and the entire audiobook collection of Court of the Vampire Queen by the one and only Katie Robert. Finally, Joybringers and Celebrants can check out all the digital art we've created for the temple. It's all on one convenient page waiting for you. If you want to get in on any of this goodness, head to bonkersromance.com slash temple and sign up. All right, back to the show. Is there going to be another book in this series? I think. Uh, yes. So I think I was going to call it something spectacular, but don't quote me on that because as I've decided the website has changed, it's going to follow Peggy. And if you're bad with names, that's uh, <laughs> a spells friend, uh, gender fluid person who hangs out with her and is sort of in love with her, but is sort of also aware that being in love with Belle is not really a long-term proposition because Belle's not a long-term kind of gal. Mm. And that's uh, hopefully going to be similarly absurd is, is the plan. Yay. Yeah. That'll be really We good. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> yeah, you need that brain break. And we deserve those joyful books after the couple yeah. of years that we've had. Like, sometimes you just don't have it in you to go to the dark, angsty places. And, yeah. and that's, that's okay. sort of how this podcast came about. That's true. I, I just I hit the end of my rope and I was like, no, I'm going to design a whole project where all I do is read books that bring me incredible amounts of joy. Mm-hmm. And like the more over the top, the better. Like mm-hmm. we got to do it. And let's talk to authors we love while doing that. Like, please. Yeah. Like Ice Planet Barbarians got a whole bunch of us through. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the rest of the Dixon verse. Yeah. The Dixon verse. Classic. Um, What about your other like series? What are, what are, what's coming next in each world? So, okay, so this gets this, this gets complicated. It's basically, um, because uh, boyfriend material was slightly more successful than other things I've written, I suddenly had a bunch of people asking me if I wanted to do things, and I was terrified to say no to any of them. So this year, <laughs> busy for me. So I've just had a standalone mystery novel come out, both sort of mystery with romantic elements, coming out with Kobo called Murder Most Actual, which is uh, about a true crime podcaster and her wife who go away to a country hotel to revitalize their marriage, and then murder shit happens. Uh, it was also quite bonkers, to be honest. I think that would would, would, would fit, your, um, uh, fit, fit your themes if you were interested. Uh, uh-huh. In terms of what's next, so Bonnie's coming out January. Yep. Then... I believe I've got the first book in a new, much less, still with the voice, as it were, but a a much more kind of angsty historical series uh, called A Lady for Deep, which is about a trans woman who 
is thought dead when she's lost on the battlefield of Waterloo and then comes back to discover that her best friend, who she comes to realise she's been in love with her whole life, has been mourning her for two years, and that's about that relationship. Again, it's um, again, it's a lot more like it's, it's, it's also did a lot of work on that this year, this year and last year, and obviously that was a lot less escapist because it's sure. really angsty. But um, uh, that's uh, been a really interesting to work on. And oh, I love year. that premise. Oh my gosh. Check it out. It's coming out sometime next year. I have a big board with all my release dates written on them, but they're in a different room. Then uh, Husband Material, which is the sequel to Boyfriend Material, is coming out, which has four weddings and a funeral in it, I think is the best way to put it. (laughs) So what that riffing on is, I'm hoping fairly straightforward. So that's Luke and Oliver from Boyfriend Material doing the next stage of their relationship, which obviously ended in a hopeful, but we still got some shit to work on kind of place. Oh, um, uh, I will say for those who were led into false expectations by the first draft of the cover, they do not get a dog in it. <laughs> um, the first draft of the cover had, because the covers are like, kind of, the, the covers are wonderful for, for, for that series and they have a lot of like cool, just iconically British things on there. Right. Because it's a, British series, uh, and they put a corgi on there just to kind of generic. Yeah, they're a British dog. The Queen's got corgis, and then everyone was like, "Oh my god, they got where's the corgi?" I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah, but you right. have to revise it. I do. I do I did, then you and me had to like kind of sense as a kind of a sort of content warning, saying, "Please be aware, there is not actually a dog." In I cannot <laughs> wait for the bonus epilogue in which they adopt a corgi. <laughs> I mean, there's, there, I, I mean, if, 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 there's, if there's a third book in the series, they may or may not get a dog in that one. Um, <laughs> but, um, but that that's that. So that's kind of same characters, next stage of relationship. Then there is book two in the baking series. So that's the same show, but different contestants. So the actual kind of main characters in the first series aren't in it, except for Madeline as a cameo. And that's about a guy with incredible anxiety and a devout muslim nice and it is also about of course being on a reality tv show because that's the whole premise of the show totally i yeah, love so, anxiety uh, rep in romance yeah. novels i will uh, like that's from the editing process i will admit that some of the so some of the feedback i've had so far from the editors has been like kind of, we love the anxiety rep but can you turn it down just like <laughs> <laughs> It's too real, Alexis. Too real. You've hit um, it too on like, the nose. <laughs> it's very much work in progress. Um, you know, it might come out and it'll actually be about like a billionaire and a professional wrestler by the time. <laughs> it, um, uh, We're here for that. I mean, too. would read so. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, I will admit that on my long, 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 long list of things that I would have liked to do at some point back when mm-hmm. sports romance was big. There was part of me that thought sports romance about a professional wrestler could be really good. Yeah. Um, the homoeroticism yeah. of professional wrestling is really the only reason I've ever watched. It's the homoeroticism and the kayfabe thing, like just the oh. whole notion of living this world. But it, but it's less so nowadays when they kind of, it's a bit more fourth wall breaky, but back in the 80s yeah. when you genuinely live your act and pretend that everything was real but yeah, yeah and, uh, also you got good like kind of you know lgbt parallels there because you're ultimately living this kind of double life mm-hmm. thing but as you might be able to see in the fact i have four books coming out next year not really something i've got space for then in 2023 because i am booked up to 2023 
I'm going to have another, yet another Regency series. <laughs> I'm doing three, three Regency series, um, because possibly there might have been you know, a major Regency TV show that's made people get interested in Regency all of a sudden. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, specifically uh, Regency fantasy. So it's going to be set in Regency England, but in a world where like the classical gods are just kind of real and everyone just kind of accepts that that's a thing. How dare you? He's just casually dropping this as though we didn't just both freeze up. <laughs> so that's that that's that's the Gifts. one that, that's the one thing that's not currently written in the daily thing. That's on the like like I'm actually working on that right now. And that's uh so yes, that's about that's about a young woman who um is placed under a mysterious magical curse while yes. she's bath uh, as in the city, not a bath, and she encounters this mysterious um, woman named um, who everyone calls the Duke of Annadale because the actual Duke of Annadale who was her father also died under mysterious circumstances and there's this sort of <sighs> mysterious curse death slash romance slash weird magic slash I've not finished it yet so who knows how it's going to wind up oh kind I'm of thing. excited oh yeah. my gosh Oh, something to look forward to. Man, you took um, me to a decibel that I often don't reach, Alexis. <laughs> i got to tell you. <laughs> oh, and of course, there's also uh, Spires re-releases um, coming out. There will be a new Spires book coming out at some point, but that's potentially a couple of years down the line, but just because sure. of how full my docket is, because there'll also be a, there's a third baking book scheduled. Um, I will wait as long as it takes. Absolutely. I have such a soft Listen, spot for that here. series. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're we're like, here. Pretty much anything you want to write, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you joke, but the, the, the things that I had pitched had turned down. <laughs> I can imagine. I can yeah, imagine. Um, no, I pitched some really nuts things. So that's that's my. I appreciate that we spend most of it on my docket because it's so huge. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the questions I think I had said ahead of time for you. Is just like when you do hit a book like boyfriend material, mm-hmm. you suddenly go from like an author doing your thing, you're professional, whatever, to like, there are expectations. Like people want things from you. And I always wonder if in that moment it starts to seep into your head when you're writing. Like, are you worrying or thinking about those expectations? Are you able to kind of put them to one side? When I'm writing, I'm mostly able to put it to one side. When I'm doing anything else, it becomes a massive problem. But when I'm writing, it's usually fine. I think I tend to have a... I think because although although Boyfriend Material was bigger than anything else I've written, I think I've always because I'm, I'm quite I'm, I'm as you might expect from someone who named the web presence off the Athanasian Creed. I'm kind of a meta dickhead, so I always <laughs> have something of an eye to how I'm being perceived and what mm. sort of what, what I perceive expectations to be anyway. But um generally when I'm actually writing, it's usually just about the, the, the story in front of me and partly because I don't think I'd be able to function otherwise. Yeah. I did see on your blog though, which if anybody has not been to Alexis Hall's blog yet, it is a <laughs> fucking ride. Because it's got a silly name, but, um, but yes. 
If you want a ranking of Hugh Grant movies, that's there. If you would like someone to explain to you what your reaction to the kidney story actually was, that's there. (laughs) And was eye-opening, let me tell you. (laughs) And it it was not the first or the 42nd thing that I'd read about it, but I was like, oh, it's because I'm a bad person. (laughs) I I do sometimes worry that I have a a habit of... (laughs) <laughs> pushing the it's because I'm a bad person line of reason. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 20 years of relentless checking your privilege, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and even the layer to that of like, it's because I'm a bad person because I so desperately want to be like a woke good person that it, mm-hmm. they, it that's almost been like weaponized back against me. Like, it's yeah. Genuinely something I struggle with like a lot. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's very, very complex. Oh, but where I was going with that is that you have a post that I assume you send people to when they have done something offensive on the internet, like tagged you in a bad review or... (laughs) Which post is this? Oh, it is like, it's like, dear reader, you have done one of the following four things. And then it sort of explains, you know, like, I'm not, you're a person, I'm a person, you know, I hope we can keep talking, but like, please remember that I'm a person and I have gone deep on your blog. So (laughs) I can't, so I get, is that not where you send people? Is that just something you wrote at some point to reflect on it? I do it a while ago. I do occasionally direct people there. Um, it's yeah. like it's not, not a policy thing. It's just a like very occasionally you just need to like. No, it's good to have somewhere to do it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something Katie Robert and I have been talking about a lot recently because I think she's had sort of a similar experience where um, her books have always been popular, but something happened with Neon Gods. And Mm -hmm. I think with TikTok and popularity and whatever, and it's like she shifted into this plane where people seem to be starting to forget that she's a person. Right. Yeah. And they they start treating you more like a celebrity or something. Or Or like you're a person who just provides a service. Like, yeah. it's a weird nah, combination. Yeah, and uh, like, like what I mostly use it for is, like, to very specifically avoid having, having long conversations about boundaries. Like, it's, um, like, in some ways, I'd far rather try to, like, treat like someone who provides a service than, like, a celebrity, I think, is part of the issue. I think one of the, um, this doesn't really work not on video, but if you can imagine the gestures, is that I think one of the things that I often try to bear in mind when I'm disagreeing with anyone or anything is that everyone wants to meet in the middle, but the problem is that you think the middle is here, I'm holding mm. my hand closer to you, and I think the middle is here, I'm holding my hand quite close to me. And I think particularly in terms of like reader-author things, there is this, the question of where the power lies is really complex. Because on the one hand, a person with a public profile has a public profile. On the other hand, a person has a public profile, the relying on that public profile to like pay their bills and buy food does need to keep like like, Ultimately, your readers are also, in a very basic sense, your customers. And in a basic sense, you are kind of actually in a service industry. And the thing is, like, I would lo- I would love it if people treated me like I work in the service industry. If it wasn't for that people treat people in the way in service industries the way they shouldn't treat people who work in service industries. Like, I would love it if people treated me the way. <laughs> I like to think I treat people who work in service industries, which is right. by and large, get out of their fucking way and let them do their fucking job. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Please and thank you. And now I shut no. up. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's Big like, tip. It's, <laughs> yeah. Or better still, campaign for a decent minimum wage in the first place. Uh, there we go. Wow. What a novel idea. 
I don't know if we have the same minimum wage exemptions in this country as you have in the States, actually. Like, I should track this, because obviously it's not this one directly rather than to me for ages. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's a huge digression about capitalism. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but I think it does get really difficult when you get to that stage where you are perceived as, and again, I'm doing air quotes that you can't see, but as a celebrity, because people, people are really bad at perceiving first of all, other people's humanity, but also more than that, people are, people are really bad at perceiving how popular shit is. Like, um, now I've read a really interesting uh, article on the Bob bon, bon website about five years ago now from the guy that played Rob Stark on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And, like, people assume he's massive because he was on one of the biggest TV shows there's ever been. Although, firstly, sidebar, uh, there's a BBC show called Pointless. I don't know if you know about it or if it's an American version. No, I don't know. No. It's called Pointless, and the idea is they have a, you have contestants, and they have a bunch of, you have a bunch of answers, or questions to answer, and you have to pick the one you think the fewest people got right. Oh. And there was one round that was like TV shows, plots expressed as haikus. Um, <laughs> that is, is that kind of thing. It's, I it's, love it's, it. it's, 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 it's a guy called Richard Osman who's famous in nerdy circles in the UK. He's like one of my, favorite minor uk celebrity it's very tall mm-hmm. and um there was uh, one of those haikus like was blazing the game of thrones like i had the word winter fellow i can't remember anything else about oh, it. okay sure and and the audience and the, the contestant went for that one so i don't go for that one it's game of thrones it's the most popular show in the world that'll get score like in the, it's always out of 100 how many people got it right 100 and scored about 22 like oh, you know, people th- one of the things you forget is that like a strength and weakness of the modern age of how media works is it's a lot easier for people to find stuff they like. And that means that niche stuff can get popular. Yep. But nothing is ever going to be as big as Friends was in the 90s when right. there were... When there were zero options. Yeah, exactly. When you have zero options, everyone watched Friends had no other choice. These days, it seems like everyone's watching Game of Thrones, but actually the 20% of people that could be bothered to watch Game of Thrones watch Game of Thrones. Right. And the other 80% of people didn't. But to people who watched it, it seems huge. Mm-hmm. even though actually 80 percent people didn't watch it. And to people who watched it, the guy that played Rob Stark, who was an important character, but when you think about it, died in like season three, yeah. is a mega celebrity, but he's not. He's a fairly minor British actor who doesn't make very much money, Doesn't hasn't really done very much since, because like mm. that show had a huge cast. He's just an actor. Yeah. And in the same way, if you're like, if you write a link, one of the things that I... One of the reasons that ultimately never going to be huge is that I would ultimately always rather write books than I mean, a large amount of a small number of people than not very much of a large number of people. The way capitalism works is that it's a lot easier to get one pound out of a million people than a million pounds out of one person. Yeah. It's a lot easier to make something that 10 million people kind of like than 100,000 people really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make sense. It depends on the levels and the issues and things. The extreme end of that is having children, I suppose, which I don't like. Kind of exactly, exactly <laughs> things we all care about hugely, and no one else gives a crap. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> um, that the truth? But so, if you're really into an author's work, you just kind of assume that they're this massive person that everyone knows, and actually, right. they're really just mm. some prick on Twitter. Right. Um, just as much of some prick on Twitter as you are, and then, and it makes it really hard to judge power and balance, and that I think is why you do sometimes wind up with these difficult relations. And that's why I ultimately have a have a have a short boundaries thing that's just kind of is no boundaries. That's the deal. Um, that's very smart though, because it's that's really hard to navigate. Like mm-hmm. it just is, especially if you're not prepared for the transition. Yeah. 
Yeah. In some ways, I think there's, you know, there's that whole there's that whole joke about how it takes 10 years to become an overnight success, naturally, because I have been doing the writer thing for a clean decade. Sure, so in, yeah. It, in some ways, it wasn't as rough a transition as it could have been. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, so. it's not like the others where their debut is yeah. just, like, explodes, and then yeah. it becomes this blessing and curse where, you know, the second book has so much pressure on it. And... Yeah, like, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, you get a remark from people who are like, oh, you're going to do something else. I'm like, well, some of these things got 16 other books you read. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, 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 seriously. We said we would keep you for half an hour, and we have kept you past that. So we will I'm, happily keep talking to you, but we can also... I, genuinely, I am I am genuinely happy either way. I don't have anything else major. I just actually just finished doing a, I'm, uh, doing a copy of it today. So my plan for today oh. is I think, watch Babylon 5. Um, oh, good choice. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's free on, at least in the UK, it's, it's, it's free on, I think, s- sort of through Amazon, but actually on a different service that plays it with ads. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Nice. It's so, incredible yeah. how not used to ads I have become. And right. I, like, yeah. my children are so confused. They, like, call me through and they'll be like, it's broken, it's yeah. not working. <laughs> Like, it's not the show. What is happening? Right. They're Doesn't showing me toys. And I'm like, no, it's it's commercial. It's okay. And I mean, but honestly, that is the way I like it. Because the amount of, like, other people's kids that I see needing, like, every gadget in existence because they're so good at marketing to kids. Like, yeah. I will pay for Netflix and you will only yeah. watch Netflix. Because I'm not <laughs> trying to do that. No, that makes a lot of <laughs> but yeah they have no idea we there was no mechanism for skipping them when yeah. it was yeah, us yeah videotape it watch it back fast forward yeah yeah that's watch, basically watch the, it watch the bbc of course if you're british yeah if only yeah yeah can we yeah. access back from the states can we access what iPlayer is the BBC's. I don't think so. From my experience, we have to wait until some streaming service does a contract with BBC and gets the rights to a show or whatever. But if only, because I do love British television. I mean, I grew up, my... I'm from the UK originally. My family's British and like my dad went to a British boarding school and like so I think I grew up on all the old BBC yeah. stuff and mm-hmm. Monty Python and whatever. So I relate to that pretty intensely. Yeah. That like overly charming, self-deprecating thing that you have going is is very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very British. <laughs> <laughs> have you been over to the States to do book stuff? Uh, no, no, I am. Uh, again, I'm, uh, again, so oh, this, this, yeah, because you don't do books. Oh, that's right. So, it's, so it's, there's a couple of reasons. But it's, it's, it's not so much that I don't do books. It's partly, the, again, coming down to the, the, the where the middle is, how important Rob Stark is thing. Um, I'm not really big enough that I think I would get sent to the States to do book stuff. It's mm. partly the part of the part of it, yeah, is also that... I like the, the bit of the the bit of the job I like is the writing bit of the job. Like I um, like I don't have a problem doing the other bits and talking to you people and like, like wonderful people. Many many years. Sorry, it's going to be another digression. I apologize. Many 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 Please. years ago now, I, I listened to a um a, a radio play on radio talk. The one I remember listening to is about uh, someone who have a game they play with their friends where you would mix. You've never read a book by a particular writer and the. 
the premise of the series is that each week a different writer would invent a fictional writer and talk about them. And this particular oh. writer was talking about a fictional writer who was the kind of person you'd never have met to never having read a book by. And the twist at the end of the monologue was that this person had never written any books. Incredible. And that actually, they were really good at doing the writer lifestyle thing and, you know, touring and talking to people and, you know, doing all the other peripheral things that writers do. Right but they'd never actually had anything published. Oh, that's quite a twist. It is a key twist, but it's always kind of stuck with me because I think it says something quite illustrative about the way that I think for a lot of people, there's writing and there's being a writer. Sure, yes. I mean, I think like one of the panther questions, which I'm very grateful you haven't asked me, one of the other questions you often asked is, what advice do you give to aspiring writers? And one of the things I've learned, one of the, is advice I would always give to an aspiring writer is decide whether you want to be a writer or whether you want to write stuff. Mm. Those are different things to want. And you mm. can go further down one route or further down the other route. You can write one book and then kind of just be a Twitter celebrity. As a writer, right. And, and conversely, the, other, the direction I go, which is write four books a year. I don't normally write four books a year. This year was unusual. <laughs> Um, which is kind of put out content and then, you know, completely fail to promote it or be on social media or engage with anyone, um, which is, has its own drawbacks. Um, <laughs> although, um, basically, no, I don't, uh, so, as you say, to an extent, I, again, doing air quotes, you can't see, don't do book stuff. So I know I've, I've never been to the States for a, for a book event just because if I'm going to do a book thing, I'd like to write a book. Yeah. No, that's, I actually just said that to someone yesterday where I was like, the social media is consuming me in such a way that Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I have to be on social media to promote things as a creator of things, but the things aren't going to get created if I'm on there letting that get in my head all the time. Yeah. So there has to be those boundaries where it's like, no, what's the point of all of this? Like, this has no point if I can't Mm -hmm. do the thing that you're supposed to be telling people about. Right. I would be remiss if I let you, and I know that you've seen this in your email, but for real was like so impactful to me. Like, I don't know, people throw BDSM romance at me a lot because I used to be a dominatrix and it's often like, oh, this is great. This is great. This is great. So I've gotten pretty wary of it because often the things that they think are great don't feel great to me to read. And for real was just like this revelation of those opening chapters. He's he's jaded and he's going to this like kink event and doesn't want to have to dress up and all the kink stuff and just wants to be able to do the authentic piece of it. And, you know, gets knocked on his ass by this kid who is a completely inexperienced dom. And the chemistry between them is amazing. But that authenticity of like, I could just relate to so many pieces of it on so many levels. And it brought back both sides for me. Like I sort of am the jaded old one now where I'm like, God damn it. I don't want to wear latex. Like right, fuck right, off. Right. I just, I want the other parts. But then remembering the power of being that brand new Dom who's mm. like, wait, I'm allowed to do this. Yeah. And like, this is it. I don't know, so that you could capture both sides of that for me was incredible. And I love that book. I recommend it anytime somebody asks me for BDSM romance. So thank, thank you so. for writing it. No, no problem at all. I'm, as always, I'm, I'm, I, I never, I'm bad with compliments. Um, and, I know. Um, 
I think particularly when you've written something that's something that speaks to someone quite specifically is no, I don't know what to say about that. It doesn't make it all about myself. Um, so I may, it means a lot to me that that meant a lot to you. Uh, so thank you. But it is that thing, right? Where like it, that will not appeal to 10 million people, but right. they, you know, they want the glamorized version of it, the yeah. version that is deliberately less authentic, but mm -hmm. to the people that you were speaking to, it speaks to them so powerfully and intensely yeah. that mm -hmm. that's worth so much more than, well, that to is me it is, problem, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I think it's where, as ever, when this kind of thing comes up, I think it's always worth acknowledging that, of course, also there are going to be people to whom that speaks. There are going to be people who are looking for a book that speaks to them authentically that won't necessarily find that in for real. Like I've had people, I've had some yeah. really serious people who were saying, like, oh my God, how dare you portray BDSM like this? Like, kind of, mm. what are you saying about um, because yeah, because communities are diverse and heterogeneous. Like sure. going, going right back, like my I think first published second sold book, um, uh, Glitterland, which is obviously a sort of strong mental health thing. And I've had people saying like, you know, oh my god, thank you for writing about mental health in this way. No one writes about mental health in this way. And I've had people kind of saying the exact opposite. Um, because mm, totally. it, I think it's it's. <sighs> Like I'm always very flattered and heartwarmed when things read as authentic to people, but I always like I try to avoid becoming complacent with that, and I try to um like I sometimes find authenticity is a different is, is auth speaking personally authenticity is into isn't a word I like to use hmm. because right because it is so subjective exactly so specificity is how I like to put it personally if you're sure I like that um, yeah yeah. Because yeah, no, like, like what, what's authentic to you isn't authentic to me necessarily. It wasn't necessarily authentic to third person, but um, yeah, that's valid. Yeah, yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. Sorry, but, uh, sorry, I know you said a really nice thing, and I said, "Well, actually, I don't prefer that." No, no, like, no. Oh, I didn't view that as a well, actually, at all. I really, I think that gives a very, a very unique peek into your brain, and that's, you know, <laughs> that's a, a treat that you give us. <laughs> yeah, what I do, I love that specificity about you, and I think mm -hmm. I've even used that word. Where even like your Goodreads reviews, you are so careful and precise about the things that you're saying and clarifying them and I don't know just that you think about the words and how you're using them and how other people are going to read them yeah. is, is <laughs> not all that common these days yeah I might just be anxiety thing but but yeah I do I do try to be I try to make sure that, I, that I'm saying what I'm saying and not right what I'm not saying yeah. One thing that I do love finding out, and I think most of your readers know it on like a subconscious level, but I love finding out that your favorite part of being a writer is the writing because <laughs> you, I can feel like when I read your books, I can feel that, that sitting at the keyboard is like, it's it rejuvenating for you. And it makes me so happy to have that oh, sort God. of energy going back and forth between me and the book. Yeah, it just makes me really happy. I'm glad, I'm glad to make you happy. Come again? I think we lost you for a second. <laughs> I was trying to look at your mug. Oh, <laughs> my mug, yeah. Mm -hmm. It says mama bird on it. It's fine, it's the biggest oh. mug I have. So I put caffeine in it and then it puts caffeine into my body, it's fine. <laughs> I was really hoping it was something just like horrifyingly inappropriate. No, because I she almost, does have some. I almost grabbed my queef mug, but that's a small <laughs> mug. And it makes me sad that it's so small. <laughs> yeah. Alexis's publicist that we had been scheduling this with had asked for like a an example interview that we had done, mm -hmm. like one of these bonus interviews, so that 
she could give him an idea of sure. what to expect. And I'm flipping through them going like, ah, fuck. Oh. And I got to the Sierra Simone one and I was like, this one's fine. That's good. And then I was like, we definitely talked about whether or not you could wash jizz off of tinsel. Yep. And... <laughs> That's completely fine. I'm not at all bothered by washing jizz off of tinsel. Can be done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And listen, we have to be specifically us, Jenny. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I was just like, oh. So then I, I even said that in my email, and she was like, thank you for introducing the phrase jizz on tinsel into my day. <laughs> Anything I can do. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh my gosh. Thank, thank you, you so much for your so time. Much. No, not at all. It's been thank you for having me. The book is something fabulous. It is, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so, so yeah. bad with names yes, and titles. I say it and then I'm like, wait, is <laughs> yeah. that it? It's so it is something moment. fabulous. Yeah, if you help, um, I'm, I'm the same with my own books. It's completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> and if people want to find Alexis Hall online, your best bet is to Google it and ignore the picture of the random woman because not you're not going to remember the... Quintivolts. It's... In very brief spelling, <laughs> if you want to type in there, it's Q-U-I-C-U-N-Q-U-E-V-U-L-T uh, dot com. I think it was the, um, and, or at that on Twitter. And yeah, or you're, you're much better off just Googling Alexis. Well. <laughs> <laughs> author, if you want to find an author rather than some, again, I'm sure someone in Hollyoaks was all Alexis. All. Yeah, well, thank you. And congrats on finishing copy edits. Yeah, yes, I'm very pleased. But um, thank you for having me. Lovely talking to you. Yeah, yeah thank you, you so much.